Hey now, welcome to the City Off Campus podcast with your two favorite hosts, Sammy Sommerfeld and Jack McFarland. So guys, today we're going to just talk about a few different things. We're going to talk about NFL draft, our little recap on the draft, our reaction to the Chicago Bears and the moves they made, as well as some other teams. We're also going to be touching on Iowa spring football. I actually went to the spring football practice because I wanted to see where our team was at. You know, I'm like Jack, who's kind of an Iowa State fan, but we'll get on that a little bit later. And then we'll touch on a few other fun things today. But going into it, I just going after the draft, I felt like a champion, Jack. So doing this podcast, I had to wear my Chicago Cubs 2016 World Series champs t-shirt because the next time I talk about a championship in this city is going to be the Chicago Bears with Justin Fields leading us to a Super Bowl. So I thought it was only right to start things off on a very positive trend. So, well, I don't, I don't know if Fields is going to be the next one. I think, you know, we might be three years, four years away from that window, but you know, the team that's really in that window right now is the White Sox, but we're not talking about them today. First in the AL Central. They're all hurt. Best run differential in the entire MLB uh, with their entire team hurt. They have the best it's team May, ERA. It's no, it's okay. We don't need to talk about the Sox, but yes, Justin Fields of the Bears, obviously that's a franchise altering move. I, the Bears have never had a quarterback as electric as him, as any quarterback like him ever. It's, it, it's, it's, it instilled a, a feeling of hope that Bears fans have never, ever, ever felt before from a single pick and, I think that this is a really, I don't know, man. I get really scared thinking about how like cool this could be because I could definitely see the bears screwing this up somehow because they've never had that. They don't even know what to do right now. So I could, I could see this screwing up. I could see this going really well. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm treading on thin ice right now. I'm curious to see how this, how this unfolds. I'm going to tell you something, my floor for him. And this is my floor for him is he is a minimum tying the greatest Chicago Bears quarterback of all time, which is Jay Collar. I think his floor is playing like Jay. That's what I think his floor is. But I think his ceiling, I mean, I saw a thing today on Twitter. He's the third fastest quarterback in the NFL right now with Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. That gets me so hyped because he's a huge dude. He's bigger than both of them, I think. And then he he's fast. Like he's going to be a durable guy. He has the strength. He like, he's one of those guys where if he's running, I'm not going to be worried about him getting hurt. Even if he gets hit in the pocket multiple times, like the game, I'm not really going to be worried about it. Cause I think he's going to be a very durable guy. But the thing I'm excited the most about is actually our second round move of getting Tevin because the Tevin offensive lineman, because Jack, he was our first round pick for the bears. Mm-hmm. Like that's who we thought the bears were taking them with the number one at 20. So for us to get a quarterback and a lineman like that, it's a win right there. Not even diving into the rest of the draft yet, but I just wanted to touch on that. But with Justin Fields, like he's a playmaker. And the thing is we talked about Fields fatigue that everybody had. The Bears didn't have Fields fatigue. Matt Nagy literally said he talked to Ryan Day the year before talking about Justin Fields and the type of player and, Day was just like, he's a dude. Like, that's basically what Day was saying. Like, he's a dude. And that stuck with him. And it, it, you just watch the tape. You look at the 50-plus touchdowns he threw, leading them to the national championship this past year. Like, he has the poise. He knows how to do it. He's an elite talent. And I'm just excited to see how he plays in Chicago. Yeah, the only thing I have concerned when you mentioned Tevin Jenkins is I love the trade-up for him. I love the move. But to put all of that pressure on him day one to be your starting left tackle isn't something that I'm completely sold on. Uh, it was a, it was a slight surprise to see Charles Leno cut. Yeah, um, I was never against it, but to draft Tevin Jenkins, who looks like a pure right tackle, to try and convert him to left tackle is, I. It's a bigger transition, I think a lot of people will think, just because of the the type of pass rusher that comes off of that side compared to being a right tackle. It's a completely different breed, and it's a completely different position when you have to flip your body and learn a completely opposite way of blocking. You, your right hand is no longer your outside hand, it's your inside hand. You just have to flip everything. And he doesn't have like the biggest, longest body. He's a, mm-hmm. he's a body. He's a mauler. 
I'm curious to see if he can make that transition to left tackle, but both moves, Fields and Jenkins, they have a ton of hype right now from Bears fans, and they should. The, these moves are they, – they set a cornerstone, but it puts a lot of pressure on both of them because they were traded up for – both of them were, and both of them are now going to be thrusted into premier positions on this offense where it's been the thing that the Bears have been lacking from. So if we don't see that production, I think, from day one, I think a lot of Bears fans will be upset with Jenkins and just saying, why the hell did we cut Lano? Why did we – move him from right to left I could see Bears fans doing that so I think there is going to be a lot of pressure this upcoming year I don't know how well the Bears are going to do with it I don't know how I, I could see the Bears going like what isn't it seven and ten now isn't that like the the realistic record because mm-hmm. they added that dumb game yeah I could see, stupid. I could see seven and ten and that's what I'm it's so I'm weird really to cool hear, with that it's so weird to hear seven and ten because that sounds so wrong to me it just sounds mm-hmm. so wrong like, oh, that makes – it just disgusts me hearing 7 and 10. But going off of that, though, I didn't want to give in to the hype. But when you look at the moves made, there, you know, I look at so many things about them that make it worth buying into the hype, which is for Pace and Matt Nagy, this is – a you know, for in terms of Bears fans of how we look at them, it's a win-win. And I've said this before, is if – we draft Fields, and he is a dynamic playmaker. He plays well his first year or two. And Matt Nagy gets to do what he wished he could have still done with Patrick Mahomes when he was in you know, in Kansas City. It's a huge win for us because we got our guy for the next 12 to 15 years. If he's not that dude or if the team falls apart and collapses, we get to say goodbye to Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, and we get to start over with an athletic quarterback at the helm. So – to me, it's a win-win because this is Pace made some big moves that I felt like he should have been making a while ago. I think he missed on some big moves, <coughs> Mitch. <coughs> but um, but I, I'm just excited. Like I, I just feel like I was so deflated as a Bears fan by the end of the year. Where even in our playoff game, I was just like, this isn't even worth watching. Like I'm gonna watch, but I I know we're not doing anything special. Like we're gonna fall apart at some point, or we're gonna lose this game. And so I think to see, even in that locker room, them knowing they have a guy who has the talent and played at the highest level and really competed, I think it's going to be huge from a locker room standpoint for Bears fans because I think Bears fans can actually buy into their team again. And this is the first time in a long time we can really buy into a quarterback again. The, fir- the last time I bought into a quarterback was when Jay got traded to Chicago. Like that was the first time I got hyped about a quarterback playing. So it's just, I think, I think this changes the game for the franchise if it pays off. Oh, easily. It's, you know, when you trade for what many would call quarterback two and you, you trade up for him and you get him at number 11 and what you have to give up is the 20th overall pick of a fourth, I think, and a future pick. And it's like, okay, we traded a mid round pick and a future pick for, the second best quarterback in the draft and we got him outside of the top 10. Holy fuck. That's insane. Like that's not something you walk into a draft expecting. Everybody expected the bears to have to draft or trade up rather to Miami at six or seven or eight or, or nine or Dallas. It, it, it none of that transpired. But I think one thing we need to take a step back and, and say thank you to is we need to say thank you to the Eagles yeah. Because if the Eagles don't take Devontae Smith, they don't make that trade, who knows if Justin yeah. Fields is even there. We also have to say thank you for Denver for buying into a lot of media skepticism because they didn't take Fields because they really think that they're in on the Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers situation, situation. Yeah. which we haven't talked about either. But the fact that Denver passed up on Fields when it's been known that they are not all in on lock and they've already went out and got Teddy B because they want mm-hmm. some veteran competition, and which is – I mean, you got average at best in Teddy B. It, it's it, the stars could not have aligned any better for the Bears to do what they did. And some people will say, oh, it was an overpayment. Look what Philly gave up to trade up with New York. I think they trade up with New York, right? Yeah. No, no. F- Philly with New York. Yeah. No, the Bears yeah. trade with New York. Yeah, no, Philly, Philly traded up with Dallas. Yeah. So, if they had not done that, 
we have, we may never get to have the chance to trade up with the Giants. Like it, the, it, there was so much that went on, and of course, it's draft day, classic. You know, you never know what's going to happen when you come in. Um, I will say the biggest surprise for me in that first round, though, kind of off topic from the Bears, was definitely Jamar Chase going at number five. I thought oh, you were was, surprised by that? I thought oh, that's what was absolute happening. lunacy by the well, Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, but the logical pick obviously would have been to get the OT. But how, like, you know what? From the fun coaching perspective, you know, it was stupid not to get the alignment. It was stupid because now Burrow's going to get wrecked. Well, who, but, how, how many people did you see say the Lions got the steal of the draft getting Panay Sewell? I, I know. That's what I'm saying. Everybody said that. I totally agree. But, you know, from the fun perspective of, like, the in a perfect world, get the two guys that dominated college football back together, that's one of the things where it's just, like, that's a Madden move. They did a yeah. Madden move. Like, like Travis I, I ETN getting traded or drafted yeah, yeah. to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, that's yeah. a Madden move. When, when they had an undrafted free agent and um, James Robinson dominated the league last year. It's crazy. Yeah. But it's a mad move. But then again, Urban Meyer just got Tim Tebow and made him his tight end. So I think we're living in a Madden season, to be honest. I'm calling 2021 a Madden season. Yeah. And it's how many free agents are there? There's still like some pretty good free agents out there. There's got to be. Oh, yeah. Wait, Antonio Brown had just signed. Yeah. He signed with Tampa. I'm trying to think. So if I was playing Madden NFL right now and I clicked on the free agent tab, I'm pretty sure Richard Sherman would be at the top. Yep. Where like um, that? That's a phenomenal player. And and speaking of the the cornerback position, we got to talk about the Bears for one more yeah. half second. Their defense is going to be sus next year majorly sus if anyone sits back and says this team's going to be good because ooh the bears got that defense no like they don't know football secondary we don't have a corner with a damn outside of jalen johnson and he got picked on last year because nobody wanted to throw at kyle fuller so the second we got rid of kyle fuller we inserted desmond trufant who by the way if anyone forgot (laughs) he got hurt last year in that first game against detroit that allowed mitch to make everyone fall in love with him again we don't have corners period like this is a problem if we don't have a pass rush again well we were doing the pod when we found out kyle fuller got let go right right if it was miserable pass rush again if robert quinn flops if we aren't able to really collapse the pocket we are going to have a terrible year defensively this team is going to look way worse than anybody ever expected i think and Sean Desai can do a lot with what he's what he's been given, but it, it can't be overstated that they've just re-signed to Sean Gibson, who, I mean, he's a fine yeah. opposite safety, but anybody opposite Eddie Jackson's good. Yeah, but he hasn't done it, and he hasn't done anything since his Pro Bowl year in 2014. No, so this defense is sus, and I think next year they'll probably r- really hammer addressing that. They've got a lot of core pieces on offense now to work with. You got quarterback, running back, OT. You got a good receiver. I think they're going to extend A-Rob to maybe lower his cap hit for this year and the next year. I think that would make sense, just given to where they're going. Like, they've already got rid of Leno. I could definitely – I don't see Hicks getting moved this year. No. I could see Hicks – I could see him lasting his contract. I don't think you can move him this year with with how the cap's gone. But I think, like, we're going to see, like, a very defense – oriented draft yeah, next year yeah, but yeah. this but offense Payson, is like Payson, you can see this you can see this offense kind of starting to calm around and it's optimistic the, you know corner is our biggest weakness right now and i think we have to do something with that still but if you look at the team and you know we have some veteran pieces there who you know i don't know like robert quinn who i have no clue if he's going to perform or not and live up to that contract at all but wishful thinking i look at the front seven and i'm like we have some dudes there who can rush the quarterback, make some plays where we have an offense now that's going to keep them off the field a lot more, mm-hmm. which I think is going to make a huge difference. So if we do go into the season with a weaker secondary, I wishfully hope that our offense just kind of takes over and lets the defense chill a little bit after the last couple of years of the defense being everything. But two Chicago related questions I want to ask you are first, 
you talked about trading down or the Bears trading up and getting him at 11, but we talked about quarterbacks falling. Justin Fields fell. Is Fields the Mahomes of the Bears? Because Matt Nagy brought that Mahomes. Oh, he, 100, he fell. 100%. Mahomes fell. A, a thousand is Fields, percent. Is Fields that? And then is this going to be Fields' division? So let's talk about the Rodgers thing. So there's a lot of drama going on in Green yes. Bay right now. If Rodgers is coming back, if he's gone, if he's leaving, who's going to take gone. him? You know, the 49ers called up during the draft asking the Packers, hey, any chance that Rodgers, you know, um, Kyle Shanahan calling his good buddy Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur said he's a Packer. But then everything else started to trickle in with Adam Schefter reporting with no real sources and all that stuff. So the Broncos think they're getting him. You know, my guy Stink out of Denver. He um, was pretty vocal about – Rodgers going to Denver, but if Rodgers leaves and Jordan Love takes over the Packers, is it Fields division? We got Jared Goff uh, and Kirk Cousins in there. Can Fields and take him. over and under? Just like Mahomes. When Mahomes came in, there were no quarterbacks really in that division that were really that competitive. If you look at Denver, if you look at, I mean, who, I'm, the Chargers, it was Phillip Rivers, and Oakland was Carr. Like, but they're just – they are who they are at that point. So could you really say it was that competitive or it was a guy aging out and Carr who just is Carr, big arm, but doesn't ever do much with it? So could this be – you know, could the NFC North be the Bears division for years to come? Yeah, I'm curious to if see Rogers how they – I'm curious to see how they handle – uh this first year with fields because i think a lot of people are going to be begging for fields to come on the field and i think the bears are going to be really complacent with not playing him i could i could see a scenario where fields never plays this year and they really go full mahomes route i could see a lot of blue check mark experts calling that an absolute mutiny and calling for the resignation of both pace i don't think he sits out the whole year because it's a totally Unless, different situation, too, with Dalton compared to Alex Smith, who was an established quarterback in that system, well, led them to the playoffs. Like, it, people forget. Like, they were a playoff team with Alex Smith, and they were a pretty good team, too. Andy Dalton's coming in. They're like, Red Rocket, we need you until we don't. That's basically the Rocket's job right now. And yeah, I'm, and, I, and I'm, I'm for it. I My whole thing is – Leftfield set out the first half of the season. If we're competitive for the playoffs and everything, throw them in and go for a run. That's my thing. Be back with us. Froze. I mean, thanks, Mediacom. Yeah, it's all Mediacom's fault. But honestly, God, Fields could he could probably play week one. I don't know if they'll throw him out because I think they're going to have a little PTSD about how Mitch was rolled out. And they, they, they signed Glennon. They don't really play Glennon. They throw Mitch to the Wolves. Doesn't really that go was well a, for his development. That wasn't Matt, though. That was John Fox well, who was trying to I, save his I, job. I, I'm well aware, but Ryan Pace was there for all of it. So he's going to stress this to Matt that don't fuck this up with how you manage my quarterbacks. But, period. but I think the thing that I'm excited about, you know, we've ragged on Matt Nagy for a while because also too, Trubisky wasn't his guy. And I think it took us a while for, you know, the public to really realize that Trubisky wasn't his guy. Cause we thought Matt Nagy was this quarterback guru coming in and he was going to do everything he could to make Mitch the number two worthy pick that he should have been. But if you look at Matt Nagy now, he just looks excited. Like he's going to be able to coach the type of football he wants to coach. He's going to have the options of drawing plays, calling plays that he wants to call. And I think with Matt Nagy, it's his project. I think Pace, I hope Pace is going to be hands off here. That's what I really hope. I hope the front office just lets Matt Nagy. And honestly, from what Matt Nagy has been saying, it seems like it's his thing. It seems like it's his they, – they drafted the guy. It's his job to coach him now. And I have faith in that. I really do. I'm completely rejuvenated with Matt Nagy as our coach. I think, honestly – I do too. Honestly, in a perfect world, I want to see Matt Nagy stay and pay sleeve. That's, that's my perfect world scenario. I'm bringing a new GM because I just don't think Pace has the eye of evaluating see, that talent. R- ridiculous. ridiculous. I don't know how you can say that. How? 
I said in a yeah. perfect world. I mean, I, the coach I, is probably going to go with the GM, but I'm saying if we could keep him and get rid of Pace, I'd happily do it. And Jack froze. In the meantime, this is just going to be a quick 30-second thing about how Mediacom always messes up the podcast. Mediacom, we've been over this with you. We've had issues on Twitter. Please stop messing with the podcast when we're recording. Please stop. Like Mediacom, we've had enough. Like, get your Wi-Fi up to speed, help the boys out, and keep giving everybody a good show. Uh, Jack? Yo, we're back. Great. I don't need Mediacom when I got a hotspot. Exactly. Did you hear my Mediacom? Um, yeah, I heard. I heard a little. I heard a little banter about it. Not a fan. I gave. Of I gave a. I gave a perfect thirty-second bit. Good. I I could literally. I don't think they even deserve thirty seconds, Sam. That's the problem. Fuck MediaCom. In any case, to kind of wrap up the Bears, like what you just said about Ryan Pace, I'm not totally on board with it. Just because I've I've I'm not like a thousand percent against Ryan Pace. Okay, but I'm going to call you out here on something you've said before. Yes, yes. Is you yes. say as a talent evaluator, he is very poor at his job. You have no, said that. No, he is poor offensively. You he said. has done everything he needs to do defensively, and that is – look, he has deficiencies. Robert Quinn no, contract. No man is perfect. Robert Quinn contract. He drafted Eddie Jackson, Adrian Amos, Jalen Johnson, traded for Khalil Mack, okay. Roquan okay. Smith. I mean, the guy put together a Super Bowl defense – and he flopped on a quarterback that every expert had going number one. I mean, shit, the guy knew that he needed to take a quarterback that could play now, and it was between Watson or Trubisky, both ACC guys, he took the wrong one. That's a big a big blemish, but the guys rebounded. Not a whole lot of GMs can say they rebounded from a Mitch Trubisky and got a fucking Justin Fields. That's ridiculous. The fact that he's done that and still has maintained a semi-core while – Enduring this cap hell that COVID has given, yeah, we had to cut Kyle Fuller. We were going to have to because we never extended the guy. Like that's just a matter of fact. Yeah. I'm I'm cool with Ryan Pace. I'm more hesitant with Matt Nagy because there's been a lot of excuses over the years. There's been moving play calling from him to Laser from different quarterbacks saying, oh, I'm excited to work with Foles, you know, see what we can have together. Mm-hmm. He's made a lot of excuses over the years. Now he's, got, he's got the best quarterback he could ever ask for. That's what, that's right why, now. that's why he set up for success. And if he, he doesn't needs, do like, anything. It is, and I think it was Dan Orlovsky posted it on um, draft night, right? When the bears made that pick, he said, look, phenomenal pick. This is a franchise altering pick, but it is on Matt Nagy. And it's like, We've heard a ton about Matt Nagy being this offensive guru. Will he be? We'll see. I mean, he's got the guy. He can't make an excuse and say Justin Fields is not that guy. We saw it in high or not high school, in college. Like you said, Natty Champ. He's the reason the Big Ten played this year. Thank you, Justin yeah. Fields. You're yeah. the reason the Big Ten played. Like that's that's the type of guy that the Bears are getting. You don't you don't get that of very yeah, often. Yeah, we're the, we're, the best, we're literally the getting the Midwest Justin yeah. Fields. I mean, the Trevor Lawrence of the Midwest right now. That's who a lot, we're getting. A lot of people were like the best quarterbacks in Bears history, uh, Jay Cutler, Sid Luckman, Sid Luckman, nobody was alive. And then Jim McMahon. I, I don't know anything about Sid Luckman, but the two other guys have attitudes. I don't think Justin Fields has an attitude. I think he is, he might be one of the best leaders that this oh, franchise I agree. has ever got. I agree. It's insane. But I'm just like, that's where it comes back to like, when I started this talk, I'm just slightly hesitant with this hype because it's, it comes back to Matt Nagy, and I've been rowing the Matt Nagy boat forever. I like him. I like the culture he's built. I don't know if he's a great schematic coach. Like Mike Tomlin, we've made this comparison a lot. Mike Tomlin took his hands off at one point and said, mm-hmm. I'm a great culture guy. I'm not a great schematic guy. And he let that go to someone else. I Matt Nagy did that last year, and we found a little success. We found a little momentum. We were able to run the ball. I don't know what we're going to expect with him. I don't know. Like, Are, are we going to have design runs? That's going to be insane. That's a whole nother wrinkle that Matt Nagy gets to add to his offense that 
I don't even know if I'm prepared for, you know, like yeah. that's just like, he, he could go so cute on us before the, we would the even thing, blink. The thing I'm excited about fields is he's not going to be a guy asking for the TVs to be turned off at house. Yep. Yep. <laughs> he's going to be like, show me that. And I'm going to go on the field and show you. No kidding. That that's is what we need. But my final Chicago question for the pod before we transition is I saw David Kaplan from ESPN Chicago have a little thing on his Twitter of his top three Chicago athletes right now, or Chicago stars. Who would you make your top five Chicago stars right now? And if you okay. want me to go first, I'll go, or if you no, want to go, you No, go. I got it. So number one, it's it's Patrick Kane. Yeah. No doubt. That's who I have too. Number two, I think number two is tough. I think you could go Javi and that could go well. I saw his list and I'm not going to reference it at all because I think KB being on there is a think, disgrace. I don't think KB's too. I have Rizzo at two. I have, it, you could go Rizzo, you could go Baez. I think either one of those could go. Uh, I think for three, you you could really go Zach Levine or Tim Anderson or Khalil Mack. I think so, you go, go Khalil Mack, probably three. I'd say I, TA no, no, four, no. Levine five. That's my that's I, my five. I'd have Levine at three. I'd have Khalil at four, and I'd say KB or Fields at five. I'd put Fields on there. Wait, 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 wait. You, really? Okay. No, I was just like the guy that's won the batting title twice. He has no errors this year. When Tim Anderson, Baez, dude. what is Tim Anderson Javi, done? Javi Baez is second in the league right now in errors behind Fernando Tatis, who the Sox traded away. You realize Javi almost won an MVP, right? Yeah, Javi's on pace to break Adam Dunn's strikeout record. And, okay, with Tim Anderson, what has he won? I'd really like to know. Batting titles. Batting titles, okay. Empty awards, empty awards. Empty awards, batting 340. Dude, Dude, I guarantee you Tim Anderson can go around the city of Chicago and people don't know who he is. Cap. That is guaranteed. so cap. Guaranteed. He could be, dude, he could be walking that is along cap. downtown Chicago, walking around the street clothes, and people would be like, oh, here's your table, sir. They just wait in. They'd be like, oh, Tim Anderson. Okay. Thanks for paying my bill. Bye. See ya. Hope you had a good, no. had a nice meal at RPM. No, see, see like now, now I know you're not a Sox fan because you say anything like that. Dude, That's just- dude. Dude, I guarantee. Okay, maybe if he goes around the south side, they'd be like, oh, Tim Anderson. Okay, we know who he is. But in downtown Chicago, people, if they see KB on the street, they see Rizzo. If they see Javi, they know who they are. You know, they are recognizable figures. Tim Anderson, I'm sorry. Nobody cares about Tim Anderson in Chicago. It's just not. They care about him, you know, when they see him in a White Sox uniform. Sure, people care about him. But in street clothes, Tim who? Wait, wait, you play for the White Sox? So cool. So I've got a couple stats about the White Sox since we just want to like jibber jabber about them. Of course you have some stats. Yeah, I wrote wrote them down. World Series champs. No, it's cool. I wrote it down. So We've got champions uh, on our team. One guy that you've been asking about a lot is Michael Kopech, right? Yeah. You've been asking a lot about him. Well, opponents are hitting 152 against him. He has 35 Ks to eight walks. That's pretty good. Okay. Rodon, I, I Rodon say- who is the second best pitcher in the AL right now behind Garrett Cole, is holding people to 114, 44 Ks to nine walks. And Kopech hasn't even started a full game. Yeah, because you know why he's not starting a game? Because the minute he starts starting, boom, elbows hurt. Boom, oh. I'm back on the aisle. Okay. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Rodon, he, yep. okay. Nobody expected him to be as good as he was this year. He's kind of been the shock of the team, I think. And guess what? Yerman Mercedes died, I guess. And Mercedes. But here's the thing. Mm -hmm. I think Rendon is legit going to burn out. It's Rodon. Rodon. Who cares? I do. He's legit going to burn out by July. Like, you guys are going to be like, Carlos who? He's our fifth pitcher? Oh, yeah, he was good in May. Cap. You, you guys are getting so bought into performing well in May. Do you realize almost every year of the Cubs dynasty, we have literally dominated May, except for this year. But, like, almost every year we've dominated May. And you will always say, you, you even talk about it, You're like, the Cubs are only good in May and June, and then they, you know, slow down, they're awful, blah, 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 blah. That's literally the White Sox. That's literally who the White Sox are going to be this year. 
like, we have the best about trying to be like the Cubs. You guys are gonna be the Cubs by August. Like you guys, and not the 2016 Cubs, the 2018 Cubs. The Sox have the best run differential in baseball cool. with having three stars out, and they are 28th in hitting home runs, something that everybody thought they would be doing at an insane clip. Well, a lot of guys are out. They're number one in the AL without hitting home runs, Sam. That's scary. Cool. I, that's scary. They're top five in Team ERA. I think maybe even two behind the Padres. Scary. Just saying, this team has the things that like you need to win when it matters. They're not good at what they're supposed to be good at right now, and they're still number one in the division. I don't – Yasmani Grandal doesn't swing the bat, and he gets on base more than Javi. Think about that. He is on base. Cleveland's going to take over soon, right? Yasmani Grandal's on-base percentage. Yasmani Grandal's on-base percentage without getting a hit in five games was better than Javi Baez's. Wow. That's insane. Wow to think about wow right you know it's just i love that we record these episodes and i love that we have a podcast because when we get to august and september and october mm -hmm. and the white Sox are either not in the playoffs or they get in through the wild card and they somehow don't even win anything i'm gonna play these episodes back to jack and every white yes. Sox fan repeat, please just to please. remember please how good you were in may yes but you just fell off the that's fine. That's fine. We got the wonderful. looks. We got the looks right now, man. And it's all being done by a drunk 80-year-old guy who oh, doesn't yeah. know the rules. And guess what? He's gonna be he's gonna be fired by July. That's my probably dude. Like I could totally see that happening, and it's okay. Uh, you know what I would love to see is you guys hire um Rentera back, Renteria. It'd be wonderful. The guy deserves to be on a team with some winners. I mean, we I, I, we let I him would. go for Joey Madden, and you know. My my boy Joey Madden, you know, just kind of dominated Chicago for a good five year period. You know, just one of the greatest managers of all time. But after that, you guys took our sloppy seconds. He did nothing for you guys. Just That's all we nothing. exactly. That's what we paid him to do. Nothing. And, and, and yeah, and like you guys gave like at least we respected him enough to say, hey, go try on the south side. Maybe you'd be there for a little longer than here. And you guys just give, just disrespect him for a drunk coach, just for a drunk. Yes. Living yes. in the past. A Hall of Famer. Delusional. Yeah. You know what? He's probably drunk. Even, Hall of Famer. I was thinking about it. Tony LaRusso coached Mark McGuire, as well as, um, oh, what's his, what's his face? Um, the other Smash Bro. Canseco? Yeah, Canseco. Jose Canseco. There might be a reason why Mercedes is playing so well this year. I don't know. I, th I think the MLB has to get back on them tests. I think Coach yeah. Tony. I think Coach Tony's treating him like one of the horses in the Kentucky Derby right now. That's so, when you know Cubs fans are a little rattled when they're making PED allegations on players who are just doing well. I mean, I mean, we have guys like KD who we just know play the game the right way. So we and he's getting traded in a month. Nah, he, he's staying a Cub. We're gonna pay the man. I have faith. Would you rather pay? It's like a fuck Mary kill. Would you rather pay Rizzo, Baez, or Brian? You can only choose one. Oh. Oh. Because I don't see a lot of scenarios yeah. where two people are staying, Mister. I, I love KB, but I have to go oh. Rizzo. I have to go Rizzo. He he he's the face of the franchise. I'd pay Rizzo, and it could be a bad contract. I don't care, but Rizzo needs to be a Cub for the rest of his career. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, realistically, all jokes aside, that probably will happen. I yeah. don't know if Javi will get that contract, but, like, dude. I think we pay Javi, too, but I'm worried that KB is going to get I think the biggest thing that hurts us, honestly, is the biggest thing that helped us with KB, which is we kept him in the minors an extra couple months. Like, that's oh. the biggest thing. I think I, I honestly think that's the biggest thing. With now, I think the guys are kind of like, oh, KB's coming back, like, the one thing I'm worried about with KB is it's his contract year. So just like NBA guys who inflate their stats, like that year going into the contract year, they get paid buckets of money yeah. in, in free agency, and then they fall off the face of the earth again. 
I'm worried that's a KB scenario type of thing where it gets the $300 million deal or close to it. And then it's like, oh, I'm chilling now. I'm just going to go to Vegas when I'm hurt, chill with my family, go to my private batting cage with my dad. And that's about it. And I'm done. I won the MVP and I won a World Series. Yeah. Or it's the real KB who's back and surprises us all. If that's the case, I want to pay him. But, you know, I think until we get to July, I'm, I'm still not completely sold on if this is the real KB. He has nine home runs, though, so I'm happy about that. Because if you think about what he did his first couple of years, he basically hit 20-plus home runs and almost 100 RBIs every year his first couple of years. Just dominant. So if he can get to that, if he reaches that this year, I'd say pay him whatever he wants. I'd have complete faith. Or trade him. Trade him for what? We're not, get, we're not getting a good deal for The you. world. We're the not, world. We're not getting yeah. that. We're not getting that. Yeah. We won't even get hey. one good pitcher for him. Hey. Hey. What if the South Side made an offer? We would never do that. Never. I, they did. They did before for Gintana. I don't know. Desperate times call for desperate measures, but this time around, we it's are not same. desperate. We're not desperate this time. But We're chilling. The Sox, Lord. no, but what I'm saying is the Sox are right now. Like, they're hella desperate for a bat and an outfielder, and KB could do that. So, I would say it's, it's within the realm of possibility that it could happen. Yeah, but I don't want to get, like, Carlos for, for him. I want, like... You're getting pennies on the dollar and a B prospect, and nah, you're going to accept I, it. I want, like, Mikey Kopech. I want <laughs> Michael Kopech is worth $300 million. And you're gonna get him for like Javi and change. I want Aloy because we need Aloy back just to say we have him back. And I'll take one Aloy more could guy. never take... play on an N. Hold on, you want Aloy on an NL team, dude? We dealt with Schwarber. <laughs> we can deal with Aloy. Oh my God, no, you can't. He's way worse. And then uh, I would take. Who else would I take from your team? I mean, a lot of the players suck, so that's kind of a. You know, we'll throw Tim Anderson in there just to just to All right, I'm not even – trades off the table. I completely disregard ever mentioning Chris Bryant being a white side. I, never mind. I don't even want him now. I don't good, think I good. he's ours. If he, if he was a white sock, if he did join your team, he would wear his World Series ring every day and just be like, this is the only one I'm ever going to get because I will never get it here playing for Reinsdorf. Because I'm going to admit – Reinsdorf's a loser as a baseball GM. Like he like he won the 05 or you know, whatever your World Series was then, but like he doesn't know how to win now as a baseball owner. That's all I have to say. We you hired we, Tony we LaRussa. Famer brother. You hired Tony okay, LaRussa. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you we hired Tony subjects, this sucks. If if you hired Tony LaRussa, Tony. If you hired him 10 years ago, I would say great hire still because I'd be like you could get two or three good years out of him. But, dude, Tony LaRusse is probably drinking on the bench thinking he's in, like, 1980s again. And he probably calls I'd rather Mer- hire Joe Torre. He, he probably calls Mercedes Mark, and he probably calls Jose Abreu Canseco and stuff. Canseco yeah. and stuff. Yeah. He, he, like, probably thinks of them as Oakland A's. Guaranteed. Or he probably calls, like, Abreu, like, or I'm um, not Jose Albert Pujols or something, you know. I, I, I still yeah. think, speaking of that, I want Albert Pujols to be a White Sox. I think he could add a whole other dynamic to your team. Like, it would be electric. Like, imagine on the south side of Chicago, no. you have one of the top five or six no. greatest hitters of all time on your team. It would be unreal. Imagine putting no. Jose as your DH and you have Albert Pujols play first base every day no. as your everyday man. He's no. like a 45. He's listed at 41, but we all know he's like 45. So imagine having a 45-year-old first baseman lead you guys to a World Series. Storybook ending right there. That's like Grandpa Rossi level type of stuff. I don't think I've ever heard of anything more unattractive in my life. Oh, and speaking of Grandpa Rossi, shout out to Grandpa Rossi. He just got a new girlfriend if you didn't see that. Chicago Mets. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even. I didn't even know he was. Who the I, fuck cares? I, I Who saw. Cares? I saw on Instagram. Just had to give Grandpa Rossi a shout out. He's a I good can't dude. believe we're honestly talking about David Ross's love life. <laughs> it's. I don't. 
She's on. She's on Chicago Mets. She's on one of those Chicago themed shows. Cool. So good, good for him. I, I, I'm on the city off campus. It doesn't give me that much credibility. Hey, Screw Chicago hey, Mets. Hey, I, I just wanted to show. There's Tony Larusa who's not even drinking at a bar. He just drinks in the dugout. And then there's Grandpa Rossi just killing the dating game in Chicago. Just killing it. Like there should be a bat. Like Grandpa Rossi was on Dancing with the Stars, which I give him a lot of. Like that was electric. It's the only time I ever watched that show. But. I kind of think he should be on Bachelor now. Like, he's like that type of dude. You know what I mean? No, I don't actually know what you mean. <laughs> I mean, you know, just like super successful, sleeping with Bachelor, like living in Chicago. Super successful. Super successful. <laughs> Did he not get carried off of the field after the World Series? He's a uh, champion. Which, which which career are we talking about? Playing I'm about everything or managing? I'm, ta- I'm talking about everything. Oh, he's he's a manager right now. I don't think he cares he's about successful his there, dude. Has he won games? Has he led the Cubs to the playoffs? Yeah, he has. His first year. Yeah, and what they do? <laughs> well, we, we weren't we weren't at full strength last year, so it wasn't really his fault. Here we go again with the full strength talk. From hey, Steve. the White Sox. The White Sox. What did they do last year? We lost to Liam Hendricks in game three, so we paid him $70 million to come pitch for us. That's that's what we did. Yeah, but is he going to do it for you in the playoffs is still the question. I don't know. He stinks right now. He doesn't look like Liam Hendricks. I'll say I know. I, I, was, I even got him on my fantasy baseball team. I'll admit, I thought he was going to be good, and he's really screwed me over. Same. Whatever. But now going into something that I'm actually hyped about is Iowa football. We're in springtime. You just have to touch on Iowa football a little bit now because once we get into July, we're going to be in full football year at that point. Dude, what do you think Iowa football is looking like? I went to the spring game. It was electric being in Kinnick again. It was good seeing guys had to get front row. I mean, I got extremely sunburned. It was a whole recovery process. It was brutal. But I got to see Iowa football go down. I'm going to say my number one thing is, and, you know, I'm sorry if he ends up coming on the pod later on, but I want Spencer Petras to be our backup quarterback. And I was a huge Spencer guy, but Alex Padilla looked good, dude. I like a mobile guy. Dude, I've watched Padilla take snaps, and he, like, gets down, and he's, like, in a frog squat when he's taking the ball. And I don't like it. It just gives me anxiety because I feel like the ball could fall at any moment. And – I know that's the stupidest reason I've ever said for not liking someone, but I just don't like the way he takes a snap. Uh, I didn't see it. I didn't see any of it. I was recovering from my COVID vaccine because that's a thing. Uh, I'll tell my kids one day that getting the COVID vaccine felt like getting COVID. I'm sure they'll understand what that means. Anyway, nah, I, I think it's because Jackson, Iowa State fans are just the ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? It was just that the the. Yeah, it was in the water. It was just crazy. I, 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 crazy reaction with my body. In any case, I don't, I honestly don't know like what this team's going to look like. They lost like a ton. So it's a matter of if they're, they're going to reload. Like I wrote down all of the Hawkeyes that left for the NFL Chauncey Golston, Amir Smith, Marset, Davion Nixon, Nick Neiman, Larrick Jackson, Brandon Smith, Sean Byer, Jack Heflin, Coy Cronk, Cole. Bonwater, Makai Sergeant, Barrington Wade. That's a lot of guys. That's a, a lot, lot of guys. guys a, lot of holes. a lot of guys. But we got some guys to fill those holes. We got Sam Laporta coming in now. He's Sam Laporta's dude. a dog. He's he's gonna be a first round pick. I think that's where he's gonna be. Like honestly, I mean, we're tight on you. And I think he's gonna dominate. I think Charlie Jones is gonna be electric, dude. I, I told you privately, like off the air, like his footwork, dude, looked unreal like unreal and then he was catching everything in sight like i don't think i saw him drop one ball and then going into other people on the team riley moss i think is looking really good i think he's going to be great for our secondary jack corner or whatever his name is he's going corner yeah he's going to be great and he's coming back after a really horrible injury and happened so i'm excited to see him play and honestly like we're missing Golston. We're missing, like, you know, Nixon, some of those guys. But you know who's going to step in on that D-line? Who? Joe fucking Evans. That's right. And so we got Joe in there. We got some other – dude, some of the younger guys look good, too. Like, they yeah, really no, Noah Shannon's good on Noah the inside. Shannon he reminds me of Heflin. He reminds Noah me of Noah Shannon Heflin. looked good. Even um, 
never mind. I'm not going to say who it was, but even even a few other people looked at too. But I'm not going to give them credit yet. We're going to make them earn it. But, oh, I know but exactly uh, who you're talking about. Yeah, but other people on that team look good. And then offensively, dude, just the wide receivers. Like I'm excited for Nico Regini. Like I think he's going to be a stud next year. I think, dude, like he he looked good. Uh, and lastly, I mean Tyler Goodson. I mean. Dude, I think he's going to be like people have been coming out with their top five college running back rankings right now. He's not been listed on anything I've seen, but I think he is going to shock the world next year, dude. Like, he yeah. just looks, he looks bigger, looks faster. He has so many games under his belt. I just think he's going to crush it. Yeah. I mean, not to toot the Iowa State horn, but when that Cyhawk game happens and Brees Hall and Tyler Goodson go after it, oh. it's. That's Those are so going good. to be two of the best running backs in the nation and two teams that really like to use them and consistently apply pressure with the run game. Brees Hall is very similar, I think, to Tyler Goodson, which is the way they play between the tackles. It, The state of Iowa, man, they got some good running backs just all around. It's I can't wait for that Cyhawk game. Selfishly, I think you see all over. Are we going to like, Ames next year? Oh yeah. Like people are always saying like, Oh, the Cyclones are going to be a top 10 team. They're, they're favorites to win the big 12 behind Oklahoma or some shit. And it's like, all right, like let's pump the brakes. They had a great year last year. The historically best year ever. They had three losses. Like let's chill. I I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility that Iowa kicks the shit out of Iowa state week two. Like truthfully, Dude, I think, I think we're for sure winning that game. For you to even consider we're not, just no, you know, uh, no. But point being, no, no, no. But the national media has has Iowa in the two early top twenty five at like top ten, and like acting like Iowa Iowa State. I mean, rather, and acting like they're hot shit. And I'm gonna be honest, right. they're not. I don't think they are. And I, I mean, think Brock Purdy was supposed to be this godsend of a quarterback, well, that's, and, and they did well last year. Like, but Brock they had three losses. He's like their like, dark horse, like Heisman candidate even though nobody expected Brees Hall to be that dark horse Heisman candidate. So I think we're going to have like an unreal Cyhawk matchup this year in football. I I'm so pissed. We couldn't get it last year. I know me too. We got one, we got one of those matchups in Iowa city. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But you know what? Right before we wrap up, because I can't end on Iowa state. I just want to say, Jack, you know, we're going to. We just had last pod. We had Philip Rabacha on from Iowa basketball, who's going to be one of the newest players. Who's your starting five for Iowa basketball next year with Luca Garza leaving, with a, you know a few other guys leaving, Michael Bear, part of the bench mob, and some of those other guys. You know, CJ, maybe Wheezy. Who do you have a top five? And you can even give a top five with Wheezy without Wheezy. So I'm just going to go without Wheezy. I feel like my gut saying Wheezy won't come back, but there is that outside chance that he comes back and warms my heart up and makes me really tingly inside. Uh, I've read all over, and I'm sure it's known if you don't know it, J-Bo's going to play the two. He won't what? Play the one. No way. J-Bo is playing the two. Wow. Breaking news. Breaking news. So I want Joe T. I want Joe T to start. I want J-Bo at the two because I think he's the most consistent deep threat they'll have. At the three, I'd love Pat. The four, I'd love Keegan. And then at the five, you put Phillip. And then six man is Connor. I wouldn't be against Connor over JT. And if they bring Tucson off the bench, but like that, that could be purely just based off of matchup if they see the need to do that. But I think Tucson needs more playing time, and I think Jordan could afford to lose PT. Yeah. Again, like I, I don't know who will take those minutes from him. I would love to see Perkins get more playing time, see what Ulysses can do this year. They both will. Agundale, obviously, and the new kid from Iowa. I don't know his name. Mulkey or some shit. Mul- I don't even know. He's some. He looks like a baby. So we'll see if he's anything. But He's supposed to be the next Luca. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what that's what he's supposed to be. Right. And Jack Nungy was too, and then he left and broke my heart. So let's see how that goes. Now, my starting five, I'm gonna do since you did without Wheezy, I'll do with Wheezy just to make it a little more interesting. At, at the one, I mean, I am so excited for this because I got a taste of this um last year for a bit when J Bo was hurt. Joey T at the one. 
Can't wait to see Joey T at the one. It's going to be electric. It's going to be energized, energizer bunny energy all the time, ready to steal ball, ready to get a layup, ready to – dude, I'm just so excited. He's going to bring that New York grid to the team. Then we got the two. I'm excited about having J-Bo there, and I'm going to tell you why I'm excited about having J-Bo there is the fact that he's a shooter, he shoots, and he's not going to be carrying the ball up the floor. Which I love. Right. And he won't be that pri- he won't be that primary defender on a point guard. Because that was one yep. thing Iowa kept getting yeah. torched on was we were getting torched. And, and when he's been hurt with hips and stuff, right. it was horrible. So we get that off. And he'll be an undersized too, but I don't think that's a bad thing when he's guarding most of the other big ten twos. Then at three, we got Joe Wieskamp. He if he's on the team next year, him and Toussaint are gonna be a dynamic one two punch. Dynamic, you know. Play fast, play hard, bring the ball up the floor, kick it out, whatever. At the four, I so I have two different ideas with this, but I'm going to go with my small ball lineup because I think this could be really fun. Just, you know, Pat talks about all the time on the podcast, they like to play fast, they like to play hard. Have Pat at the four, and I think Pat opens up the offense where he's going to be shooting the ball from three a lot more, like how he was doing at the end of the year. He can get blocks. He can make stops. He has the length and size to guard some bigger guys. And at the five, have Keegan there. Because the thing is, you look at Kofi Cockburn, he's leaving. A few of the other bigs in the Big Ten are going to be gone. So besides Hunter Dickinson, how many other huge Luca-sized guys are there really going to be who have a lot of experience? No, it's just honestly like if Travion Williams is back, him, EJ Lindell, him. I thought EJ Lindell even announced, and, declared for the draft. So and I think even he's if, like, gone. Like he could still come back. But he like, could come back, but I think he's gone. Right. So but like there is like, no, there's uh, there is that one kid from Purdue that's 7'4". Yeah. He looks Asian, but I don't, there really isn't that many like big guys in the big time that are worth like talking about. So it's just like, I think we could do that small ball thing. I think Keegan's going to be our number one or number two option just in general, just because he can make plays. Like that's all that guy does is he makes plays and he dominates when he's on the floor. And I, I don't think I've not seen an Iowa basketball game where I'm like, whoa, whoa, yeah, what is Keegan doing? I'm hyped. I mean, we've seen some of the early mock drafts where people have him going first round, late in the first round, which has all of us Iowa basketball people hyped to see an Iowa, you know, guy actually get drafted that high. But, um, yeah, I just thought we should touch on some of those lineups. So then when we oh, go yeah. into next basketball well, there, season, there's we been can a say lot, told There's been stuff. a lot that's gone on. There's been a lot that's gone on. Oh, yeah, I mean, they, they put Austin Ash on scholarship, for Christ's sake. Dude, we got Ash on scholarship. It's so, wild, it's but Ash is yeah. a guy we are – I promise to our listeners we are going to work to get Austin Ash on the podcast sometime in the next yep. year. We are going to make sure yep. we get scholarship Austin Ash on the podcast. I mean, yes. Pat's said on the podcast before, who would you want on the island with you? Who would you not want on the island with you? And every time Austin the answer Ash. is Austin Ash. So we need that, and we will get that for you. And on that note, Jack, you want to wrap up this pod? Of course. And as always, guys, if you haven't already, be sure to go ahead and download Good Pods. Go ahead and follow Sam and I on there as well. You can get some good podcast recommendations. Uh, Right now, I'm looking for something else to listen to. I'm a little burned out. So you guys have any recommendations, please shoot them my way. Uh, Like always, not the same time, same place. We will see you guys later.